Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 21, how Sarah and Abraham saw themselves as dead, but how death was stopped and life came into the deadness of Sarah's womb. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or available on iTunes.com by searching for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, have you supported the Friendship with God radio program before? Or have you supported Jewish evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries in the past? Well, as Israel is defending itself against radical terrorists and nations are rising up against Israel, we at Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program are doing all we can to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. Now, we're not just holding fundraisers. We're not just uh, posting pictures of trying to reach Jewish people or thinking about reaching Jewish people. We are out on the streets reaching lost Jewish people right where they are, whether it's the Diamond District in Los Angeles or Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn, or the New Jersey Shore, wherever Jewish people are in their communities, we're out trying to reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Messiah. Now, we're doing all that we can, and we need your help. Time is running out. We need your support to reach lost Jewish people. Now, the past four years, we've reached over 5 million lost Jewish people with the gospel in the U.S., Canada, Israel, South America, Europe, where Jewish communities are, Israel Restoration Ministries goes. So if you've not made a donation before, or maybe you'd like to make another donation again, a one-time donation or even a monthly donation that we could set you up for to support Jewish evangelism that would help us to reach more lost Jewish people with the gospel, you can call us now at 800-247-3051. You can also call us after the program at 800-247-3051. Once again, 800 247-3051. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or israelrestoration.org, israelrestoration.org. Now here's Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, as we're studying Genesis chapter 21 and how Sarah and Abraham saw themselves as dead, but how death was stopped and life came into the deadness of Sarah's womb. Okay, if you'd all like to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 21, we're going to get ready to start this morning in God's Word. So let's, uh, first of all, let's start with prayer. Father, thank you so much for being a teaching God. Thank you, Lord, for accepting us, each one of us, as students in your school. And so, Lord, we come to you with ready minds, open hearts, and we ask you, Lord, to teach us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 21, beginning verse 1, first eight verses. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all will hear, all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. 
And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Now, in our last study, you remember we saw this amazing way in which this chapter opened with this word in verse 1, where it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. That word visited just captivated our attention as a description for how God took away this grief this terrible grief that haunted the home of Abraham and Sarah and the infertility. And we took some time, and it was good that we took that time, where we saw the other instances in Scripture where God's visitation was described. And we saw how it was because of God's visitation that we know that Jehovah Jesus has this name of Emmanuel, this special name of Emmanuel, which really is referring to God visiting man. God's with us because God visited us. But Emmanuel was not the only name that wrapped up this concept of the visitation of God with man because the term Messiah, Messiah or Christ, also wraps up this concept of visitation of God with man because the term Messiah refers to God the Father sending God the Son into the world to visit man. So here this word of visit is really just the beginning of the description of what God said what actually did happen to Sarah. And we see that developed as we look at these verses 1 and 2 where it says, and we follow this way that God is describing it when he says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So the Lord visits Sarah, the Lord does unto Sarah as he had spoken, and Sarah conceives. Now, that was a miraculous conception. And the conception was not due in any way to Sarah's natural strength. And as a matter of fact, this conception was a conception of faith. There was faith that was involved with this conception because it was the faith of Sarah that opened the door for God to give Sarah this strength, this special strength to conceive. And that's what's described in Hebrews 11.11, where it says, through or by faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, what we're told is that there was a specific faith that Sarah had. And this was a faith that she stopped looking at her own body, which is described in Romans 4.19 as the deadness of Sarah's womb. And then she looked at God and she said, I don't care that my womb is dead. I don't care that I'm infertile. My infertility, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me because I'm not looking at myself. I'm looking to God. I'm looking at God. And as I look at God, I come up with an estimation. I come up with a judgment. And my judgment is he is faithful who has promised that I'm going to have a baby. So it doesn't matter. Anything else doesn't matter. And in that word judge, that's used there in Hebrews 11, 11, it describes Sarah judging God to be faithful. It's the same Greek word that's used in, in Philippians 3, 7, and 8 for the word count. When Paul is now describing 
the things that would have brought him gain in this world. And he looks at them and he says, I judge them. I estimate them. And he uses the word count in Philippians 3, 7, where he says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count, same word again, I count all things but loss for the excellency, he says, the surpassing excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. So that's Paul, that's Paul's use of this word, and that's the same word that's used to describe how Sarah judges or she counts God. She counts them faithful. Paul counts the things of this world uh, useless and lost in comparison to the excellency of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. So Sarah looks at God, and she looks at her body, and she says, I'm not going to look at my body anymore. I'm going to look to God. I'm counting him able. I'm counting him faithful. And he's going to make this old body and this old womb now dead. He's going to make it alive to conceive. And when God saw that Sarah had that estimation of God. See, first step was Sarah's. Sarah was the one who counted God faithful. That was Sarah's work or what she did. And when Sarah did that, then God looked at that and he pointed his finger down and he says, strength to that woman, strength to her, strength to conceive, strength to deliver. And at that moment, when God did that, she received the supernatural strength. And that was a miracle. And that miracle was described to us in verse 2 of our chapter here, where it says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. So the Lord visits Sarah, he visits Sarah, he visits Abraham in their desperate condition, in their hopeless condition, and he miraculously, because of her faith, overrules the inevitable that would have happened without God, and that was all because of the description God visited, not by remote control, but God himself visited, which is why we sing this song to Jehovah Jesus for the Jewish people, and why we sing to the Jewish people at Christmas time when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, the Jewish people. They mourn in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, and then the song makes us turn to the Jewish people, and we say, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou, and we say again, then turns again to the Lord. O come thou, rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. And then, rejoice, rejoice, turning to the Jewish people again. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. See, the focus on that song is a prayer to Jehovah Jesus that he would come to the Jewish people, and it's a call to the Jewish people to receive him and to rejoice. That's the same focus that's here in verses 1 and 2, where it says, and the Lord visited, or if you like, he came, Emmanuel came, to Sarah, and Sarah conceived. Now, let's just, when we look at verses 1 and 2, just step back a moment and look at the situation and the emphasis that's given to us in these two verses. At this point in their lives, as we've said, the situation between Abraham and Sarah, it's bad. It's a situation which is described, as we said in Romans 4.19, and be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body. The situation was now dead. His own body, Abraham's 
body was described as now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. There's a very interesting, when we consider that verse in Romans 4.19, talking about Abraham's body now dead and Sarah's womb as the deadness of Sarah's womb. And there's one word that's used there to describe Sarah and Abraham, how they saw themselves, and of course that's the word was in our English, uh, dead, dead. But the Greek word that's used there and translated for deadness to describe Sarah's womb is the word necrosis, which is essentially the same word that's translated as dead to describe Abraham's body, which is necro. You know, the word necrosis really came home for me when we lived for 10 years on the goat ranch. I never liked to refer to the time we lived on the goat ranch because everybody used to call me the goat man, and I never liked that. And so I was kind of happy that we have been off the goat ranch for more than 25 years now, so people don't call me the goat man. So don't call me the goat man. (laughs) But anyway, we did. We lived there for 10 years, and sometimes a rattlesnake would get into one of our goat pens at that time, and the goats being essentially a curious animal, and you can never stop the goat from being curious. And so he would inevitably, or she, would stick her head up to this rattlesnake and to get a better look. And so our goats would always be bitten in their necks, is where they would get the rattlesnake bite. And then the necks would swell, and we'd do all we could after we realized what had happened with the injection of the anti-venoms and the cold compresses. But the reality is, we, sad to say, were never able to save one goat. But the time, because what happened was, is that by the time we understood and realized that, you know, what had happened, the venom had already had a head start, and there was no way to reverse it. And after a few of them had died, we decided to, well, you know what, we ought to take a look inside the goat and get a better understanding. So we decided to do an autopsy on the goat to see what it looked like around the bite. And that was a shocking sight as we peeled back the skin of the goat's neck And all we saw was shocking, just black, 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 dead tissue. And as we excavated deeper into the muscles and the tissues, it was more black, 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 just dead, no nice, pink, vibrant tissue, just this black, dead tissue. That's necrosis. That's necrosis, dead, black, necrotic tissue. That's the word that's used here in Romans 19, to describe the condition of Sarah's womb. And this necro is the same as the word that's used to describe Abraham, how he saw his own body. He saw his body as dead and dying. And as far as what Abraham and Sarah observed when they looked at themselves, it was just all about necrosis and necro and death and dying. It was very depressing, very depressing. You know, when anyone looks at themselves, they see death and dying, very depressing. This last Thursday at our Grossmont Hospital Quality Board meeting, we were discussing the hospital mortality figures at the hospital, and we were talking about what we might be able to do to change some of those mortality figures, and, and we were discussing how older patients, some older patients prefer just to die in the hospital versus at home, and as we were considering the, the inevitability of death, it was very depressing, very depressing. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine uh, one of the surgeons there started talking about how, you know, he didn't like to operate on patients after a certain age because they were going to die, you know. <laughs> and so I told him, I said, you'd make a great motivational speaker, you know. <laughs> anyway, but the truth is, is that we all start dying when we stop growing. That's what happens. When we stop adding muscle to our bodies at the age of 25, we start the dying process. And in us is death. 
And there's just no good thing in death. And there's nothing that we can say that's good about death. You can't say anything good about death. And in ourselves there's death. And so therefore in ourselves there's no good thing. That's why Paul said in Romans 7.18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So when we look at ourselves, we see growth until the age of 25, and then we see from that point on, necrosis. Death, the death process. Isn't that encouraging, Clint? (laughs) And that's what Abraham and Sarah saw as they looked at themselves, and that's what you and I see when we look at ourselves. It's just as the hymn says, abide with me, swift to its close, ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim and its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou that changest not, abide with me. And anyone who looks in themselves to find hope and to find answers to life will see exactly what Abraham and Sarah saw, dead, necrosis, and dying. That explains why there's so much depression today in our world, because man does He does what the Bible says don't do in Proverbs 18.2, where it says, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. See, that's what the fool has delight in. The fool has delight in discovering itself. The Hebrew word there, delight, is chafetz, and it's the same word that's used to describe the love of a man with a woman. For example, the prince of Shechem, you remember, that he had this love for Jacob's daughter, Dinah, and so as a result, it says in Genesis 34, 19, and the young man, that's the prince, deferred not to do anything because he had delight, chefetz, in Jacob's daughter. Chefetz in that context has the meaning of being enthralled with or losing your mind over, losing your head over, which is what Cheryl's mom told Cheryl 47 years ago when we were dating at Miami University. She said to her, Cheryl, don't lose your head over this boy. <laughs> And if she spoke Hebrew, she would have said chefetz. <laughs> but anyway, so fool goes chefetz over discovering his own heart. He loses his head and discovering his own heart. Man delights in discovering himself, which is why we have the church of self-realization, which is really a church of self-egotism or a church of self-deception. Because when a man truly discovers himself, he discovers necrosis. He discovers death. Man delights to discover his own heart because it's a practice that it's a disease. It's like a disease that's described in Jeremiah 17, 9, when it says the heart, speaking of the disease, it's kind of like this is a real heart disease. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then in Galatians 6, 3, that same disease is described when it says, for if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. And in Jeremiah 10, 23, it says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. See, what Jeremiah was saying there in his prayer to God, he was saying that he knows that he doesn't have within himself, and you don't have within yourself, and I don't have within ourselves. We don't have within ourselves the ability to direct ourselves. And he says that it's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. There's no hope of finding direction in life, and it, it, which is what the Bible says is, all, is given to the good man. 
the good man in Psalm 37, 23 through 24, 23 through 24, Psalm 37, where it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So what we see from the use of the word hefetz, and also in this verse, is that, see, it's the same word that's used in this Psalm 37, where it says the Lord delighteth in the way of the man who lets God order his steps. It's the same word that's used in Proverbs 18.2, the fool hath no delight, the fool hath no hefetz, in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. So, in that it's the same way that a fool has this enthralling delight where he loses his head to discover himself. See, God has the enthralling delight in the life of a man who lets God order his steps. And those verses that tell us that God delights in the man who lets God order his step also speak of the man who trusts in God. And it speaks of the man who trusts in God in Psalm 37, 24, as falling. It refers to him as falling. It says falling. And we've seen that so far. We've seen how Abraham and and Sarah have fallen. They fell into lies. They fell into uh, the wrong way with Hagar and so forth. They fell, but they were not utterly cast down. And there is one explanation for why the God-trusting man is not utterly cast down. And there's one explanation for why Abraham and Sarah were not utterly cast down when they fell. And it's simply stated in Psalm 37, 24, the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. That's beautiful. The Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The only reason Abraham and Sarah and you and I are not utterly cast down is because when we fall, Jehovah Jesus reaches out his hand to us and helps us up. You know, it's like the song, you know, there are many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow. I know who holds my hand. So the greatest fall that you and I will take is when we fall into death. And trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not be utterly cast down we fall into death because though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And when we come to die, we'll know the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. It's the hand of Jehovah Jesus that holds our hand and just guides us through the death, through death. We have a program at Grossmont Hospital called the 11th Hour Program. And it's a program of compassion and of companionship where the idea is that if a patient is in the final hours of life and he or she is alone, and the nurses see that and is alone, then they call someone who's in the 11th hour program, who's a compassionate volunteer, and what does he do? He comes and he passes, he goes with the person as the person, so the person doesn't die alone. He goes there. And, you know, Christians, we as Christians, as evangelical Christians, We are called to be in God's 11th hour program in the sense that we're to have a compassion. We don't want anyone to die without Jehovah Jesus' hand holding him through death. We feel the desperacy of any person dying without Jehovah Jesus holding his hand through death. And it's the crisis of dying alone. 
This is why it's so important for us to bring people to the Lord Jesus. So we step back, we looked at the passage, we see Sarah and Abraham in a state of dying and death, and then we see in verse 2, everything changes because Sarah conceived and she bears Abraham a son of his old age. See, death was stopped and life came. And when we step back and we look at these verses, what we see emphasized is these words that come to us three times in the middle of verse 1, as he had said, at the end of verse 1, as he had spoken, at the end of verse 2, in which God had spoken to him. See, all those statements are emphasizing the word of God. They're emphasizing what God said. So Abraham was old, so Sarah was old, and both of them were in this state of death and dying. And then the word of God came, and it all changed. The word of God took place, and life came. And you freeze that picture, just that picture. And what we see is that Abraham and Sarah, that's us. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, as we mentioned at the start of our broadcast, we need your support to continue the Bible teaching radio program, Friendship with God. Now, if you enjoy this Bible teaching radio program, we'd like your support. And you can support us online at friendshipwithgod.org to continue this radio program, this Bible teaching Old Testament radio program going on this station in your city. You can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Or you can write Friendship with God at P.O. Box 711 That's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, S-A-N-T-E-E, California, 92071. P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Or go to friendshipwithgod.org for more information or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and for your support.